Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we are continuing our NWSL 2022 team-by-team previews. And today, we're going to take a deep dive into OL Reign. But first... A quick reminder, follow us on Twitter for all breaking news at Attacking Third. If you're listening to This Is a Podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review. That takes just a second, and it helps us out so, so much. You can do that on Apple Par- uh, Apple Podcasts, the five-star rating review page, and on Spotify right on the Attacking Third page. So go ahead, give us five stars. Help us out if you like what you hear. Lisa, we're just rolling out, rolling and rolling and rolling out these team previews, and now we get to chat all about OL Ring. How you doing? We do. We do. Uh, happy Friday. Happy weekend for us. So that's exciting. Um, this is, I mean, we don't get a lot of weekends left before the season starts, Sandra. So okay. I hope you're using them wisely. Relaxing. <laughs> what is relaxing, right? <laughs> when you live in the world <laughs> of soccer, there's always something going on in, in the world related to it in some kind of way. And we are going to continue that conversation here uh, about OL rain. Let's get into yeah. maybe team overview, right? Let people know what, uh, how the team is looking heading into the 2022 season, what happened during the off season. I think we got to start with the head coaching position, right? Uh, We heard a lot about uh, different teams needing to uh, go ahead and fill their coaching position. OL Reign kind of maybe beating everybody to the punch, having uh, having a little bit of a a mid-season coaching change there. The return of Laura Harvey to the Reign franchise returned in July of 2021 former three-time NWSL coach of the year, uh, retained majority of the assistant coaching staff, right? Sam Lady, still with the club, has been with the club since 2013, but the coaching staff fully in place, right, as the offseason kicked off and now as preseason is underway. Some other notable hires, you know, for this franchise, they have a general manager in Nick Perea, a former U.S. Beach Soccer National Team captain, elected member of the U.S. Soccer Athlete Council, and was with Washington Youth Soccer as an executive director. And their finish in 2021, they finished at number two in the standings, but they lost in the uh, semifinals to eventual NWSL champions, Washington Spirit, falling in the semifinals just short of a finals appearance. 2-1 was the final in that match. But still ambitious, right? I think we had uh, them up high once again. We did an episode of Attacking Third in December of 2021, our way too early power rankings episode, and we still kept them ranked high, Lisa. Mm -hmm. We had them at number two overall. 
Yeah, we, uh, I mean, honestly, that December episode feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but right. yeah, we put OL Rain at number two, which is exactly how they finished the 2021 season. And and there's a reason for that. And we're going to kind of dive into all of that. But um, this is an interesting roster, an interesting year. I think Laura Harvey has a lot to prove ahead of her. I think that her stepping in in the middle of the 2021 season was really good for this squad. I mean, we saw a lot of coach departures in 2021 and and a lot of new coaches coming in. And for Laura Harvey coming back to OL Reign, she was with Seattle of Reign for so many years, right? I mean, 2013 through 2017. So the fact that she returned was exciting. It was like the perfect fit to the puzzle for Laura Harvey and for this squad. Um, and she took them all the way to second place. I mean, I'm, I'm going to phrase that as a positive. She took oh, yeah. them to second place because she really turned around the season for them. Let's just imagine what she can do with a full season, a full preseason with a, a team and this squad. And, and we're going to dive into it. Who's listed on the roster and what's happening. But um, yeah, we had them at number two. Listen towards the end of this episode, and we'll see where we place them for 2022. Listen, uh, we saw them go on an incredible run in that second yeah. half of 2021, and uh, they fell just short of their goal, obviously. And uh, coming into the offseason that took place, right, with all of the player movement ahead of a double expansion draft, uh, an NWSL draft class, right, that they had to participate in. There was a number of, of acquisitions and moves that they made to try to flesh out their roster in light of, you know, some pretty big losses, which we'll get into as well. But in terms of sort of breakout roster signings, whether it was trades or player acquisitions or quite frankly, uh, you know, new contracts uh, or, or extensions that were signed. Let's take a look at some of the players you know, returning to OL Reign, you've got Lauren Barnes, Sierra King, NWSL 2021 MVP Jess Fishlock, Megan Rapino also signing an additional year contract with the franchise that she's been with since 2013. A trade with Chicago Red Stars brought Nikki Stanton into the mix. They made a trade for Veronica Latsko, re-signed Sofia Huerta, traded for uh, Phoebe McClernan as well, and Bethany Balser also amongst the players signing a, a contract like uh, Ziara King or Sofia Huerta, a multi-year contract, mm -hmm. three years for Balser with this team. Uh, in terms of the biggest losses, said farewell right to uh, the uh, the French trio that uh, came into the mix and helped them out down the stretch Eugenie Le Sommer, uh, Jennifer Marlzen, Sarah Bouadi all players with Olympic Lyonnais and back in France for their season and uh, the retirement the re-retirement maybe I should yeah. say of Stephanie Cox right came out of retirement to play with, with the club and then retired once more in terms of all of the different signings, right? Maybe the contract extensions, the trades that were made for player acquisition versus the losses that we're taking a look at here with this club, Lisa. What stands out to you across these moves? Uh, a couple other uh, losses included. I mean, Shirley Cruz, uh, Amber Brooks, Leah Pruitt, yeah. Celia, uh, Leah Pruitt and Celia going to Orlando Pride and then Shirley Cruz and Amber Brooks being waived at the end of the 2021 season. Um, I mean, a lot of moves actually happening, a lot of re-signings. And I think that the re-signings say a lot, not just about uh, the roster, but about the personnel and about 
head coach Laura Harvey and and what that these veterans in Megan Rapino, um, Lauren Barnes, Jess Fishlock, what they look at in Laura Harvey as a head coach, kind of what she's willing to do for them and what they're willing to do for her, because these players are been around and been in this league for a long time, been with this organization and this club for a while through the rebrand and everything. And they're still willing to be there. I think them also locking down a, a standout defender like Sofia Huerta is a huge, huge get for this club. I think Laura Harvey can do some damage with Sofia Huerta. This is uh, when, when Harvey came in in 2021, we started to see more of Sofia Huerta in the outside back position, uh, which is where she thrives. And, and that was Laura Harvey's doing and, and putting her there. Um, but for me, I think the biggest ones are these re-signings in these big veteran players and Jess Fishlocks, Megan Rapino, even Sofia Huerta, Bethany Balser, the undrafted 2019 player that became rookie of the year in 2019. This is a team that has a lot of chemistry and they're sticking around. These players are sticking around for another year. Um, uh, the losses that that you mentioned, the, the big players coming over from uh, Olympic Lyon for the loan in 2021, yes, they're losses, but also we knew that they were always just a loan. We knew that ELS, Le Sommer, wasn't going to be with O.L. Reign for her entirety of her career or even for 2022. So um, big losses on the pitch, perhaps, but we knew it was coming, right? This is not a surprise. For you, Sandra, um, is there one signing or loss that kind of outweighs the other that stands out to you the most? You know, I don't know if the if we take a look at the the signings, right, versus the losses, if one maybe cancels out the other. But I think when we're looking in terms of something like familiarity for this club to have going into the 2022 season, they achieve that in mm-hmm. the offseason, right? And I think we saw it with a lot of these contracts that were being issued, and I think they were smart about it as well. The fact of the matter is when you look across this roster, and we'll take a look at that right now when we read things off by position, but there's it's kind of split, right? You've got players who have are veteran players of this club that have been involved in the Rain franchise in some capacity for years. And then you have this sort of middle tier where there are experienced NWSL players, right? Somebody uh, like a Huerta probably fits that mold, right? And that would include some even somebody like a like a Latsko in that as well. Uh, and then you've got a, a, a slew of uh, of new faces, maybe younger prospects, right, that are still carrying over uh, from that previous season into, into this season as well, right, along with some of the draft picks that they made, um, you know, during the offseason. So I feel really the way they went about implementing these contract extensions, issuing out the new contracts, right, ensuring yeah. that these veteran players have that that one year, maybe an option, right, to, to get the band together and have one more crack at it and go on it, right, combined with these longer-term contracts, right, with these other players that they want to continue building with a through a three-year contract for for you know king for huerta for for balser players that they really want to lock in right and continue to have as part of this rain franchise maybe this sort of collective three that they can continue to be these faces of this team moving forward so i i don't i know if it cancels it out but i do like what the franchise did in terms of their player acquisitions and their re-signings let's maybe look at it all as a whole let's throw out the entire uh preseason roster by landscape right by position 
Let's take a look at the goalkeepers. They've got Claudia Dickey, Laurel Ivory, Cosette Morche, Fallon Tulis Joyce. For defenders, they have Lauren Barnes, Ryan Brown, Alana Cook, Madison Hammond, Sam Hyatt, Sofia Huerta, Alyssa Mullinson, Jimena Lopez, Phoebe McLernan, and Sinclair Miramontes. For midfielders, Angelina, Olivia Athens, Marley Canales, Jess Fishlock, Rose Lavelle, Quinn, Nikki Stanton, Olivia Van der Van der Jet, excuse me, uh, for forwards, Bethany Balser, Jeanette Kajan, Ziara King, Veronica Latsko, Megan Rapino, and Ali. Why? I think something that sticks out there immediately, right? Lisa, when we're looking at uh, when we're looking at the roster as a whole, but when we're talking about biggest acquisitions and when we're talking about signings, Rose Lavelle has to be included in terms of probably their biggest, most important signing, right? Uh, coming off of this offseason, another player alongside some of these other players that we were just talking about with the rain franchise saying, Hey, we're going to be moving forward with this core of group of players uh, for their foreseeable future. And I think when you're looking at that midfield, that absolutely stands out. Number one. Rose Lavelle does stand out. I mean, she always stands out on a roster, in a training room, on the pitch, uh, at practice, um, in a match. She just stands out. But it, it's the midfield overall, despite not having players like uh, that they had from OL Reign and on loan last year. This midfield for OL Reign is still very lethal. It's it's something that other clubs look at. They circle. It's scouting reports. They're honed in on players like Rose Lavelle, like Angelina, like Jess Fishlock, like Megan Rapino, who is listed as a forward, but she can drop into the midfield. And Olympic gold medalist Quinn. There's just a lot of star power in the middle of the field for OL Reign, and that's their engine. That's where this team runs through, um, and it's proven to be very difficult for other teams to break down. And then uh, I think what's interesting is looking at how much power they have in the middle of the field for them, but also what's maybe missing up up top, I'm going to say they have Megan Rapino on this roster. They have Bethany Balser, who was a player that didn't get probably as much time as she wanted to in 2021, just in and out of the lineups and not a lot of consistency. Um, and then also Ziara King. This is another player that has had their spells and their bouts of really good soccer and really good ball movement and really good consistency on the pitch. I think adding Veronica Latsko into this forward line will help. OL Reign because they have all the power in the middle of the field with all of their big heavy hitters but does it translate to the front line if you can have your midfielders consistently uh, being a midfield role and then allow your forwards to be their forward role the midfield won't get as tired they won't have as many jobs to fulfill they won't have as many uh, boxes to check off and they can continue to do their job while the forwards do theirs. So uh, Veronica Latsko is a player that I want to see her develop a little bit with this OL Reign team and especially under, especially under Laura Harvey throughout the 2022 season, but um, not a huge roster compared to some of the other clubs that have laid out their preseason roster. This one is very manageable, very oh, manageable yeah. for L Laura Harvey and OL Reign. I think when you're looking across these lines, even though it's maybe not as big as some other preseason rosters, right? You can look through each of the lines and kind of find some standout players, ones who will probably help anchor each specific line with also sort of having a little bit of different depth, right? For them to take a look at when we looked at those big losses, right? And then when we look at this preseason roster, we see, you know, a, a player like Lace Omer, right? No longer going to be available for, for, for that attack. Uh, the, 
somebody like, you know, Marozan, who was absolutely integral, right, uh, you know, for uh, that midfield and how it looked in, in terms of the attack. But despite them not being there, having, a, you know, the, the reigning MVP, right, uh, signing up. Uh, Rose Lavelle for for an extended contract, right? Even uh, you know seeing the return of somebody, uh, you know, in Angelina, right? The, uh, the 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 Brazilian international who can help sort of uh, you know get different looks in the attack, but they also still have a very steady presence with somebody like Quinn in that mix, someone who was essential, right, to this midfield down the stretch. And quite frankly, what we're seeing them take this next step on the international stage, how they just become this sort of uh, integral figure when it comes to being able to both spearhead an attack or shut things down, uh, looking much better with them on the pitch versus off the pitch, right? Mm -hmm. So despite those losses, maybe even looking at the options and the depth here, Still got to say, like, if everything goes okay, if everyone stays healthy, it still looks like a pretty solid midfield on paper, right? But we got to see that come to life, uh, you know, in uh, on the pitch and, and in games for sure. I'm with you uh, with the points that you made about the attack. How is that going to look in terms of their forward options uh, and in terms of how that's going to look moving forward when we're looking at all of these lines and when we're thinking of an ideal starting 11 right I think there's a ton of players here that you can point out and say they're likely to be locks come that opening day right when that whistle happened you you're looking across that we're talking a lot about the midfield and we can obviously choose players there I think maybe the biggest opportunity might be in that goalkeeper position, yeah. right? Who's going to impress. And maybe that leads us to maybe some different areas in which to take a look at for this roster. When it comes to OL Reign, and we're looking at young prospects to keep an eye on for 2022, who are you looking at to possibly have an impact for this team in 2022, Lisa? I think we have to look at the goalkeepers. Like you just mentioned, Sandra, they're who I am keeping an eye on because right now, a well rain doesn't have a starting goalkeeper. Um, and they brought in two in the NWSL draft, like you mentioned in Claudia Dickey and Laura Ivory, but they also have Falone Tulis Joyce who can fight for that starting position because right now, it is completely up for grabs. Usually we kind of look at the starting 11 and we see what, what standouts we have. And for a lot of other clubs, we've been able to name at least a, a goalkeeper that we're like, okay, you could get the start here. But for OL Reign, um, I, I think it's completely up for grabs right now. And I even could foresee at, at the start of this 2022 season, Laura Harvey playing different goalkeepers based on the competition that they're facing and trying out um, these three young goalkeepers to see who does well in game situations and game scenarios, because you can do a lot in training. Um, and, and yes, these goalkeepers are going up against some very good forwards, a really good midfield squad, but it's different when you're going up against other opponents and other clubs, different threats that other teams provide, whether it's quickly in transition or it's over the top balls or it's shots from distance. Um, so I'm keeping an eye on these young goalkeepers and especially the new draft picks in Claudia Dickey and Laurel Ivory. Uh, Dickey coming from UNC uh, picked in this draft, the 2022 draft and Ivory coming from UVA. Can they prove themselves, get minutes, which is a really tough to do as a goalkeeper. But I, I'm keeping an eye on these young players to see which one kind of wiggles out as uh, more apt at playing in goal for Laura Harvey and Noel Rain. 
I like that. I'll be I'll be interested to see if maybe that comes into play. Like maybe that would be some type of X factor for for the rain, where you're not too sure which which goalkeeper you're gonna gonna see. But I mean, I think that's I'm with you in terms of the biggest opportunity there, and and young players to take a look at in terms of maybe the attacking side. I think we have to take a keep an eye on Ziara King, right? She's only 23. She was drafted out of NC State, uh, you know, initially arrived to All Rain. Maybe didn't see a ton of minutes. Was coming was more of a player to come off of the bench, right, and create an impact for the team. But the 23 year old is one of these players that we talked about uh, signing a multi year contract with this club. And when you see something like that, uh, you imagine that there is intention behind that, right? To sort of, uh, you know, investment that you're going to retain this player and have them be a part of what you are, you know, the goals that you are working towards and having to achieve. So in terms of that draft class specifically, right? Having been impacted uh, primarily by the pandemic and and not necessarily having a first full rookie season, right? Just sort of having that 2020 challenge cup to go off of and then continue taking these steps in your pro career. I'm absolutely excited to see what Ziara could bring uh, for this attacking line of what this offense looks like in 2022. I am really excited to see what they can bring, um, honestly. But I think they have to rely a lot on on Jess Fishlock as uh, the MVP in 2021 coming into this squad to kind of bring it all together, right? She has the experience. She has the international experience playing with her Scottish international team and, and that nation to uh, bring Ziara King up to speed. I mean, Ziara King has a lot, a lot of potential, but I want to see her grow. But frankly, like these players are in a great spot because they have Laura Harvey as their head coach, who has been uh, across the world as a coach, U23 uh, U.S. Women's National Team, the youth programs in England. She's been with other English clubs. She's been at Seattle Reign previously and now back in the NWSL. She knows the clubs. She knows the league. She knows the different teams um, and she can provide a lot for these players. I'm excited to see what can really happen for this team. I am too. I'm with you 100% on uh, the essential experience player that this team is going to have to rely on. They've got a number to pick mm-hmm. from, right? But I think you're 100% correct in going with the 2021 MVP, Jess Fishlock, right? The Welsh yeah. Dragon. Uh, although, I mean, when we look at the international spotlight, right? Like you said, these are players that could be, there's players that are going to possibly be coming in and out of season, right? We are taking a look at the U.S. side of things. Somebody like Alana Cook, Sophia Huerta, Roosevelt, possibly Megan Rapino. Bethany Balser was part of those end of year camps, right? In 2021, yeah. including the January camps as well. So there's, there's players here on the U.S. side of things, uh, you know, that could possibly be in and out. Jess Fishlock representing, uh, you know, uh, the Welsh Dragon and possibly going to be gone as well uh, with Euros kind of coming up and, and and UEFA kind of kicking things off. There's And even with just international windows, right? We're forgetting about uh, Quinn in terms of representing the Canadian national team. So there's a number, even though like people are seeing like, hey, like, there's an international spotlight and somebody like Amarazan isn't a part of it anymore. Somebody like Lace Omer isn't around anymore. Somebody like Buadi isn't around anymore. That doesn't mean there's not an international spotlight yeah. on this team. 
<laughs> it, it doesn't have to be a loan that's coming in, which honestly, we could see that happen, right? I mean, loans are still possible. Um, and because of OL Reign and their connection with Olympic Lyon in France, we could see uh, a, a bit of transition happening between these clubs as well. Uh, but yeah, huge international spotlight. There's a lot of big time players on this, this squad. I think Quinn is a huge one because when Quinn is playing with the Canadian national team, OL Reign loses a lot in their midfield um, because Quinn is such a good player. They have such great vision of the field. They have a great ability to spray the ball out and, and break out of tough, tough tackles. It's a very odd thing to kind of explain to play, to people watching Quinn play, whether it's with the with the Canadian national team or with OL Reign, because when Quinn is on the pitch, um, you don't recognize them necessarily. However, the moment that they leave and they are subbed out, that's when you notice the giant hole yeah. in the midfield. That's when you notice that yeah. OL Reign has lost their possessive momentum that they have. That's when you notice that teams can't transition as well, because when Quinn is there, you don't notice it because it's just so seamless. The game is not about them. It's about progressing the ball forward. So internationally, when CONCACAF windows happen and the W championship, because a lot of U.S. national players will be gone, Quinn will also be gone. That's going to leave some big holes yeah. for Laura Harvey to try to fill and, and patch up. And, you know, we've seen oftentimes, right, when it comes to NWSL competition, how sometimes these games can really be won and lost, right, in that middle third, sort of having, a, uh, you know, their their absence in that midfield with Quinn missing potentially is going to be huge, like you said. So there's going to be stretches of time during this 2022 season that this rain team will probably be tested in other ways that, you know, maybe are more than just, you know, on the pitch and in a regular week. And when we go through the roster, right, when we talk about Laura Harvey with this side and having a full season in front of her, right, not jumping in midseason, but having a full season in front of her start to finish potentially right. for this team, it leads us to our biggest burning question, right? And that's really can Laura Harvey finally win an NWSL championship with this rain franchise? She's it's official. She made her return to the national women's soccer league, rejoined the rain franchise mid 2021. Sam lady briefly had the reins for a little bit of the team as they started to navigate the second half of that season. And Laura Harvey coming in like a combo breaker saying we're going to go right. So players having the buy-in, responding to her coaching and then going on and having the run that they did was very, very impressive. But it, they ultimately fell short of a couple of their goals. When you talk to, you know, the coaching staff or when you talk to players, they said, we, we wanted the shield. We wanted that in the real championship. And they fell short on a couple different uh, goals there. Right. So when we're looking at and asking, is this going to be the year where Laura Hari finally wins the championship with the rain? I don't know. This is also a year where the NWSL is expanding. Yes. The competition is leveling out even more than we had probably uh, imagined in years past. So going from a 10-club league to now a 12-club league. But I don't know, Lisa. What, let's just roll into the projected finish. And maybe adjacent to that, you can answer. Do you think this is the year? And where do you think they're going to end up in 2022? I think that 
it's not for lack of want. <laughs> I yeah. think that Laura Harvey wants it so bad. Yeah. And I think that Megan Rapino, Rose Lavelle, Quinn, Jess Fishlock, they want it so bad. It's not yeah. for lack of want or effort or commitment to it. It's just if kind of all the pieces can fall correctly, if they can get out to a quick start at, at the beginning of the 2021 season. Um, and, and who knows, maybe this is the year for Laura Harvey. It's, uh, okay, projected finish for us. I'm keeping them at the top. I think that they will definitely make playoffs in 2022. Um, I don't think they'll win the Shield. I don't think they'll outright win um, kind of the the Shield for 2022 and, and get that number one spot. But I see them at number two. I see them getting that first round by being a namesay and solidifying their spot high in the rankings early on. It's not going to come down to the final week or so of games and it's not going to come down to uh, uh, Laura Harvey is not going to let her team's standings be determined by other teams play. So they will win themselves and do what they need to do to solidify their spot in the standings. Um, Sandra, for you, I kind of want to throw a, a curveball question at you. Laura Harvey is an incredible coach. She's a three-time NWSL coach of the year. Will she win coach of the year and will she win an NWSL championship? Like, will she win one without the other? Which one is more likely for her in 2022? Gosh, which one is more likely for her? Yeah. I think what's more likely is, is potentially coach of the year, yeah. but I could tell you what I want to see. What I want to see is I want to see the championship. I would love to say <laughs> Laura Harvey NWSL champion. Um, I'm I'm with you on, on everything that you're saying. I think that we we had them in number two in our power rankings. You know when we did our early power rankings in December, and I think it's it's a safe place to keep them. I think it's it's not unfair to keep them at number two. Just because maybe you end up number two in the standings doesn't mean you can't go on to win an NWSL championship. That's always a possibility, right? Whether you're one through six <laughs> in the table now when it comes to NWSL. Uh, so I, I feel comfortable leaving them there. I would love uh, to see them go on to 2022 and have a ton of success on the pitch. It's a, it's a roster, I think, with a, an exciting core. Right. With a mix of, of veterans and and experienced players and young prospects as well. But I think we nailed it, honestly, in December. And I would I, I know we've been saying a lot. We'd love to come back and be proven wrong, but I'd actually love to be come back and be maybe be proven right on this yeah, me too. one that maybe I'll take, you know. Yeah. Uh, so so we will we will see. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, wish Oren best of luck. Thank mm -hmm. you all for joining us and listening to our OL Rain 2022 preview. We've got full team by team previews for all 12 clubs in the league coming up. So stay tuned. You can drop us your thoughts about oil rain on Twitter at attacking third or in the comments. If you subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash attacking third and don't go anywhere. We have an exclusive interview with oil rain defender, Alana cook right after this quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to Attacking Third. We are so pleased to have player interviews alongside our team-by-team -team previews ahead of the 2022 NWSL season. 
Right now, we have a special interview segment with Defender for Oil Rain, Alana Cooks, recently called up to the United States Women's National Team for the She Believes Cup, and first time on Attacking Third. So welcome to the show, Alana Cook. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. We're uh, we're so excited to uh, to chat with you. We're always excited whenever we get someone on for for the first time. Uh, so we'll just start off kind of slow with with the segment. Uh, how how was your off season? Uh, perhaps what was something uh, non soccer related that you enjoyed uh, doing during the uh, the off season here? So I actually uh, stayed in Tacoma for the whole off season, and um, you know everyone had warned me about the weather and and the winters there, and I was like, I, I'm from New Jersey, I can do cold weather winter's fine and everyone was like mm, we'll see um there was no sun for like two months <laughs> i i'm like at the palest i've ever been being in arizona now has helped oh. a little bit but uh no it was really nice to kind of get to really settle into tacoma and kind of get to see more of the pacific northwest um and then i ended up uh, hosting my family for christmas so that was fun i got to kind of show them around as well um so yeah it was really nice to have that time to kind of just like like i said settle in because obviously i joined rain in the middle of the season so it was kind of go, go, go from the bat. Um, and that was finally some time to kind of, you know, get to see the town, get to go into Seattle a bit more and kind of really uh, find my bearings. So nice. did you do anything really cool in Seattle or even in Tacoma um, it, during this break? I know you said you got to explore a little bit. Anything cool that you really liked? Um, I think obviously, you know, part of it's just kind of the the nature there and getting to see the parks and stuff like that. I'm, I'm a big food person. So getting to kind of see some of the restaurants and explore a little bit of that both in Tacoma and uh, in Seattle has been, I think, one of my more favorite things to do. Yeah, I love food. Going to a new city, that's like my first thing I do. I write a long <laughs> list of restaurants. So I'll come to you for any recommendations when I travel to Seattle <laughs> and Washington. There you go. Um, for the first week of preseason, right? Like this is it. The 2022 NWSL season is here. Um, how were the early days with the team? I know you traveled a little bit, got got to some sunshine in Arizona. So walk us through the first week of preseason with OL Rain. Yeah, so we uh, traveled the first day of preseason and all kind of met up here down in Arizona um, and, you know, have gone from there. I think it was just always great when you get to kind of go, you know, um, kind of change your surroundings, be a little bit more secluded and kind of just have the team together. So, you know, all of our meals have been together. People have been playing all the card games you can imagine, all the different board games and stuff like that. So I think it's been really great for us from kind of an off-field perspective to have that time together. Um, and then obviously, you know, we've got facilities down here to, you know, use the gym, get the field um, time whenever we need. So. It's been really helpful for us, I think, to to get to come down here and, and use the facilities that they've got and, uh, yeah, really start kind of putting the foundation in place for the season. Nice. You know, for for you and, and some others uh, on the team, this is this is the start to a new full season um, with head coach Laura Harvey. You mentioned about you coming in midseason. Laura Harvey can kind of say the similar sentiment, right? What are maybe some differences um, that you're already noticing immediately at the start of like um, this preseason compared to a preseason that you may have gone through last year? Um, I think you can just see, you know, one of the qualities that Laura has, I think she makes everyone feel very comfortable. Um, so I think everyone is just, you know, whether they're new and they were draft pick or whether, you know, they're coming back in for fifth, sixth, seventh, you know, however many seasons, I think everyone's just very comfortable and been able to settle in. Um, and I think when everyone's comfortable to kind of let their personality show, we, you get the best of people on the field. So you mix that with, you know, her tactical understanding and, and her ability to teach the game. I think, you know, we've been in a really good place thus far and you can see lots of growth happening every day. Lots of growth, lots of good things at attacking third. We like to celebrate all good things, whether it's wins, <laughs> the start of a new season and for the NWSL this year, 
a historic CBA was ratified and put into place and we've been celebrating it. And we want to know your thoughts on it as you prepared for the preseason and then seeing the announcement right before February 1st, when you were to report to camp, uh, what was that like for you? What, What are you thinking about this CBA and it being put in place? Yeah, I think the the last couple of months of it, I think we're definitely, uh, you know, the harder ones with, you know, negotiating the last kind of nitty gritty details and really pushing for, you know, what we players believe we deserve, the league deserves, and the players who come after us will deserve. Um, so I think from that standpoint, yeah, I was kind of pushing it right to the limit of preseason. And I think those last couple of weeks were all going in like, are, are we going to start on time? Are we not? Um, but I think one of the cool things was just seeing how united all the players in the league were um, in terms of fighting for you know what we believe in. And I think everyone was really ready to hold firm and hold strong to, to, to make the change that, changes that were necessary. And I think everyone's just so excited that we now have um, standards in place that probably should have always been there. But, you know, it's a start. And I think everyone in the league, the league itself is better for having those standards and, you know, for having kind of a, a framework to go off of. We're keeping the uh, the celebrations going here on on A three because your off season included included some family time, right? Included witnessing that historic CBA, but it also included some time, uh, you know, with the United States Women's National Team, both in Australia, January camps, and now congratulations, named to the uh, She Believes Cup roster. So, how are you looking to uh, make an impact uh, defensively uh, in terms of your time with the uh, United States Women's National Team now that there are some, uh, you know, games on the books ahead of some other international teams? I think it's been really exciting getting to play um, a bit more, getting um, some of the two games in Australia. Uh, you know, at this point, I think I have four caps. So, you know, every little bit of game experience, every bit of time I get in camp is is always a learning experience. And, you um, you know, from that standpoint, my career is very young. So, you know, I know I have so much uh, room to grow and, and to learn. So I think it's just been really exciting, uh, you know, getting to have all these little opportunities, all these moments to to learn and, and to challenge myself at the highest level. And, uh, you know, every, everyone knows, right? Like, that's how you grow. You, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to go against the best in the world to be the best in the world. So, you know, that is my goal. I want to be, you know, the best center back in the world. Um, and so every little opportunity I have in camp and, and in club is kind of a step towards getting there. In looking at each opportunity that you're given as a chance to get better and to grow as a player, when you go from a January camp with the U.S. women's national team that you're defending with and against very different players than stepping into the NWSL preseason, are there adjustments that you make, whether it's in your mindset or, or physically, or, or how do you transition from uh, playing with the national team and then going right into a club preseason? Um, you know, I think it's the same mindset. Uh, I think the way that we train in the national team camps, it's going to be the same way, you know, I want to train here in our preseason. And, you know, I think in the NFL, we're fortunate to have such amazing players on all the teams. And, you know, I'm getting to go against Rose and Pino every day. Um, and, you know, getting to play alongside, you know, train alongside, you know, like some Jess Fishlock, you know, who's won Champions League. Um, you know, we have no shortage of, of talent and experience and wisdom here. So, you know, I think, there, there's really no point in me not, you know, training the same way at all, both places, right? Because I, I won't look good and I won't grow <laughs> in either one if I'm not, you know, training on my edge. Yeah, for sure. That's for sure. You know, head coach Vlako Andonowski, he's, he's mentioned um, how highly he rates NWSL play and evaluating players, you know, being a former NWSL coach as himself. And, you know, as you're entering this preseason with Oral Rain, coming off of what was a really, really long 
NWSL season in 2021, the law, the longest ever in NWSL history to now, you know, kind of coming off of like a semifinals appearance with all rain. What, what is, what is something that you're proud of from that long 2021 that you're looking to sort of build off of as, into 2022? Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I joined halfway through and even for me, it felt like it was a long season. Um, but you know, I think, like I said, just continuing to kind of get to go against the best players in the world, uh, you know, it's only going to make me better and getting to kind of, you know, continue to scrutinize my performance and, and learn from those around me. Um, you know, I was proud of what I achieved last year and what the team achieved last year. So I think it's just going to be building on um, those little things. You know, obviously we, we bowed out in the semifinal and I think as a team, we wanted to go to the final, we wanted to win. Um, and then, you know, keeping in perspective kind of where we were mid season to where we finished at the end of, you know, at the end of the season, um, it was, it took a lot of growth. It took a lot of improvement. It took, you know, it was kind of a testament to the team's fortitude. Um, and I think coming in, you know, with a blank slate, our goal is still to be in the final, to win the final. Uh, so I think, yeah, that's kind of just what we're going to all chase together. Looking at that team goal to be in the final win, the NWSL championship is very realistic, but it's, it takes a lot to get there, right? Day in and day out of training. So many games throughout the season, even starting with the challenge cup. When you look at um, your defensive efforts and as a backline, being the center back that is the leader and is really the organizer of the defensive shape of the team, what are some things that you are looking to have as defining qualities of OL Reigns defense? that you're leading in the back line? Uh, you know, I think we definitely pride ourselves on our defending. And I think we like to think that contributes to the success we have in our offense. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate to get to play alongside Lou Barnes, who has been in the league from the start, been with the club from the start. And I think, you know, when you think about leadership, that's definitely someone I think of. And I've deferred to her all last season for any question I had, any, you know, anything I needed to learn about the position, about the team, about the league. Um, so yeah, I've definitely, uh, been given a really good roadmap and, you know, really good person to follow with that. So, you know, I think it's just about being vocal, about being communicative and, you know, always being kind of a steadfast leader for the group. I think it comes with a center back position. You know, if we get things right, then the rest of the team does as well. So, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's a big responsibility and it's one I'm really excited to kind of continue stepping into. It's truly a trickle down effect, right? If you have control and, and the shape and organization and great communication, it extends forward to your forwards in the front line. When you look at your personal goals for this year um, on the pitch in preparation, whether it's with the United States women's national team or with OL rain, what are personal goals you're setting for yourself in 2022? Yeah, I think, um, like I said, want to build on last season. Um, so, yeah, I, ended up with some awards uh, last year. And I think, um, you know, less so focused on the the titles and awards, like personally, um, I think more so just kind of continuing to grow in, in the behaviors and the actions that got me there. Um, so, you know, like I said, being kind of a steadfast leader, that's something that I want to really grow into this year with the club. Um, and, you know, if I can bring those traits to the national team, I think that definitely benefits me there as well. Um, so that's, you know, a big, big thing I'm focusing on and that I've asked uh, the people around me here to really help me with. And then, you know, I think just being, like I said, you're kind of a lockdown defender. You know, I want forwards to go into a game and, and, you know, feel my presence and, you know, know I'm on the field. So that uh, comes from, you know, obviously just being a good defender individually, being good with organizing those around me. And yeah, it's just uh, obviously solid in offense. But yeah, I, you know, I think I'm just kind of focused on improving each area of my game and, and really just doing the best I can to help the team. 
Nice. Uh, you know, something that we've been doing in a lot of these uh, segments for interviews that we're doing alongside the previews is when we're chatting with players uh, from other teams, there's a lot of talk about getting back into the preseason mix of things. It talks a lot about certain routines that come into place. So what we've been doing to sort of cap off some of these interviews is uh, ask them, asking some fun things about uh, of the training process. So for you, if it's a pre or post game uh, beverage, A, I guess, are you a coffee drinker? And B, uh, if so, what is uh, typically uh, your, your order to go through th- during the week? I, yeah, I actually managed to go through college really not drinking coffee at all. And then two challenge cups ago when we were in the bubble, um, one of the girls brought a coffee maker and was like, here, listen, I'll, I'll make you one, you know, test it out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Lou, Lou made us some coffees and I was like, I, I might, I might actually be able to do this. Um, so from, from then on out, it's been uh, an oat milk latte and now I'll add a little bit of vanilla. So that's, that's my go-to. And I was, I thought for a second, we were finally going to get like the non coffee drinker answers so close halfway there. And then you were like, actually, Almost. It's, the, it's the oat milk latte. But wait. That was, that was, that was actually, I remember that. That was actually a straight up like thing that came out of like the challenge called like the oat milk latte was like, uh, like the raining coffee drink that came out of a uh, of challenge cup uh, so and it's just so funny to hear that that was the one that that was able to convert you to a to a coffee drinker uh something else that really fun that I noticed actually came out pretty recent out of January camps uh was this really fun kind of video that you did alongside Tierna Davidson where it was like a field test touching test <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you you had you had mentioned that you had never like actually touched uh, what was it, a, a beauty blender at any point. <laughs> yeah, Tiara and I both like felt that we were like, oh, we both know what this is. Like we've seen this on Instagram, <laughs> I've seen it on social media, but like I we were both like, I know you've never owned one. I've never owned one. Uh, but yeah, no, that was that was a fun segment. Tiara and I were. I mean, we're not the most emotive people, so we're like, it's probably good they included some other people in this segment. <laughs> But yeah, no, that one was a fun one. Did you get to pick your partners for that? Or how are you guys paired up? Um, I think Tierna got asked to do it. And as as best friends, it was, you know, the natural choice that we would go do it together. Yeah, you got to have somebody that you know and trust. If you're asking oh, to do like a, yeah. a game where you're like blindfolded, <laughs> 100%. Oh my gosh. Uh, a lot of, we want to thank you uh, so much uh, for joining us and having some fun with us at the end of the uh, this segment here. We want to thank all our listeners for listening once again uh, good luck for uh, the 2022 season coming up Elena everybody you can follow us on Twitter at attacking third we're on Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows you can leave us a five star review on Spotify now and if you have any questions for us you can leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts with your questions and we'll answer it during our mailbag segment we're also available as videos so you can subscribe to us on YouTube visit youtube.com slash attacking third and we'll be back with even more team previews for Sandra Herrera Lisa Roman and Elena Cook. This was the second day.